Welcome to the Sessions Podcast, where each episode, a real therapist sits down with their real client to candidly talk about their experience in counseling. Come join us and get a peek into what the relationship looks like between a therapist and a client. You'll hear the real stories, the real emotions, the hurts, the joys, and everything in between. But mostly, we hope that you'll hear the love that is found each day at Sessions. Today, we have Jessica S. on the podcast. So Jessica, 27, right? As Newly of, 27, as of January 13, getting up there. Artist manager here in town, although you have artists in L.A. and all over the place. Yeah, yeah, so. but Nash- Nashville-based in L.A. and New York and all around frequently, but yes. Nashville's home. I looked back, so we've been meeting now for a little over two and a half years. Dang. Yeah. Crazy. Do you remember when you first first came? Um, no, I remember, well, you're in a new space now, but when we started meeting, you were in a space, it was like an old church in East. Yeah. And I remember that space very well, but I don't, I remember a couple like, you know, sessions that stick out. Yeah. But I don't think I remember like the first time we ever met. Yeah. And how did you... How did you find your way to me again? Through another one of your clients who also shares my name. Um, oh, right. She right, recommended right, right, right. you. We were sitting at Ladybird Taco on 10th, like in 12 South. Yeah. She was like, guys, to like me and a friend, I'm seeing this great therapist. And I was like, I need a new therapist. I need a new therapist. Mine is not a good fit. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think we like just made an appointment. So you came right from, you were already kind of seeing someone were you like actively yeah. when you had, Um when you I'd probably on? been to this person like maybe th- five times and it was just and it was my first experience in therapy and it was just like really uncomfortable and not in a good way mm-hmm. like I felt like I was being kind of judged a little bit Ooh, yeah. and very like I was supposed to say a certain thing and if I didn't it was like the wrong answer like that vibe Yeah um, It's amazing how you can pick up on that pretty quick. Totally. And like it's that. not like they said anything that was like super offensive or it was just like not the vibe. So for yeah. me. Um, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. So we've been seeing each other two and a half years. One fun fact is that you and I are from the same hometown. So crazy, which we didn't know when we started we, meeting. Yeah. And then something it. like, I actually have this memory. I you, There's this wave pool in Springfield, Oregon, oh, called I know. Splash. Oh, I know the wave pool. And I like use it as an illustration for some, I don't know something. I was like, it's like you're in the wave pool and you're you're chilling, and then <laughs> they turn on the waves and you're like rocking, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about Splash in years. It took me back to this birthday party I went to yes. that was like a really dramatic. Oh my event. god, yes, yes, right. Anyway, because right as you're saying this right now, like immediately, I am 11 years old in that little party room yeah. off to the side. Yeah, the musty um, little room. I'll never forget it because I was the only boy who showed up. That's crazy. That's what it was. I showed up and it was just this sea of girls. And I was 11, like my mom dropped me off and all I wanted was like a f- real friend there. And yeah. I just remember being so nervous. This is the, I don't even know if I shared this part of it, but I just remember feeling so nervous in that little party room that I just started like, you know, like kids will just do weird things and like just mm-hmm. start talking in weird voices or yeah. I, 
I just started running laps around the table. Oh, funny. Like I just started running and I was like, like just like running. Yeah, like, oh, because I just was like so scared to be there that I just like needed to get that energy out. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Anyway, so it's really fun because I, like I can reference things as we're in sessions and speaking that you just totally get. And it's nice to kind of have that like context about yeah. my life and, you know, yeah. how we grew up and stuff. So like Brendan mentioned, I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Um, go Ducks. And that Go Ducks, baby. <laughs> and I was actually, so I grew up two parents. My mom stayed home. My dad uh, worked and pursued his career. And then I have two younger siblings. So we actually grew up homeschooled, which is kind of crazy now to think back to because it's, like that's my fun fact in in situations because people are often very surprised. They're like, yeah. you work in music and you were homeschooled. Like weird. Why do you think you're surprised by that? I think there's a stereotype, you know, yeah, yeah, people totally. that like were just homeschooled and in their own little bubble. And right, yeah, I kind of broke out of the bubble a bit. So that's probably why. Meaning, like people experience you, they're like, oh, you're you're really normal. They're like, and you're super really likable. normal and we're like, like drinking margaritas and yeah. chilling. Like, like you went to homeschool? How do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think homeschooling now is, there's there's so many different ways to do it. It's so different now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ve- you know, you can have tutors, you can have like, you can travel and do it abroad. Like there's just tons of different, yeah. you know, ways, yeah, which totally. I think a lot of it is really valuable. Um, I, I think this the stigma is kind of disappearing a I think so. bit as I think homeschool so. kids are weird kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially now, like after COVID and all the virtual school, it's like, yeah, it's just different. So. But the stigma's in part going away because of people like you. Let's go. That walk out into the world and they're just well-adjusted <laughs> and normal yeah. and, and thriving. Yeah. I do feel really grateful. I had great parents that, you know, didn't keep me from doing things like playing sports with the, you know, local elementary school or, you know, right. pursuing different things and having you know, friends from all over and all of that. So. so did mom actually, did she teach and do the schooling? I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was That's, very much. Which, feel all that convincing. Well, I think what is interesting about it is their, them, my parents, their philosophy was very much like, you can kind of just teach yourself and figure this out. Mm. So sometimes there would be something that, you know, like my mom, was a really strong writer, like English literature, that whole piece. So we had a lot more instruction, if you will, in that space. But when it came to like math and science, it was like, oh, you don't know how to do this? Well, the back of the book has the answers and you just work yourself backwards until you figure it out. Oh, nice. So the that was back the back of the book has answers. That was which I think honestly is a great life skill. How so? You have to figure things out by yourself sometimes. And like, you don't know, it, I think it just builds skills versus like being taught something from A to Z. Here's how you do it. And totally more like, well, let me figure out how you do it. And then you can kind of figure out why. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of resourceful, I guess, yeah. where it's like, you don't have to just follow this script. You can just cheat and look in the back of the book. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Well, it's funny, even, but even for those of us that like were in, yeah, just public school and it was like, we, it, we were finding different ways to be resourceful and cheat in all those different ways totally. too, you know, but totally. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and I think it, you know, so I, I was homeschooled until high school and then I went to Marist, which is a private Catholic high school in Eugene. And I go Spartans, go Spartans. Well, I have not heard that in a while. Yeah. I graduated 2014 and then 
I actually, I don't know if you know this. I, for, I, I couldn't figure out where I wanted to go to school because I, most of the kids in my class were either going off to, you know, the, the Marist way was sort of, what is the best school that you can get into? Like right. you go apply to a bunch of things and like, no, let's look at your test scores. Let's look at your GPA. What's the best school you could get into? Yeah. And so that was kind of in my head. And it was either that or it was, will you just go to U of O or OSU, which are like the local, you know, schools. Right. And I didn't really like either of those options. And I remember my parents saying, you know, we would recommend you to not go to whatever school you could get into because it's very likely it's going to be extremely expensive. Right. And we think you're setting yourself up for success more to go somewhere that you can, you know, afford. You're not going to be buried in debt. And then... And did you have all the grades? And yeah. You could yeah, have gone Yeah, I could have a, gone where... I mean... Whatever. Probably not like a top-tier Ivy, but yeah. I had a lot USC of extra... USC or whatever. Totally. Like that, yeah. I actually thought about, yeah, something in Southern California... So anyway, I was kind of like, I was back and forth and I had visited the school called Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Go Bruins. And I was, I really wanted to move to Nashville, but it was expensive. And I think my parents were like, this is like really a stretch for you. It's a stretch for us. We don't know if this is the best idea. Mm. And so I was kind of like, I was just like on the fence, whatever. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to like enroll at U of O and we'll just, we'll go from there. And I remember being like, ah, like my gut is telling me like, this is not right, but mm. I just, you know, I guess this makes sense, whatever. So it was freshman orientation at U of O. My mom came with me and my parents lived like 10 minutes from campus. Oh, so you had like gotten all the way up to that point mm -hmm. where you're like- Went to freshman orientation. Enrolled. For 10 minutes. And I said, mom, I'm not going here. I, we are, I'm not going to U of O. We're leaving. Ten minutes. I was like, "This is into the, the this is not the right fit for me." Like, wow. I was like, "This, nope, I'm not doing this." And she's like, "Okay, great, we'll figure it out." And then Jessica, that's an amazing story that I have never heard. Really? Okay. Because that is so. That is who you are. Yeah. I can think of five versions of that immediately in yeah. your like adult life. Yeah. That same thing. Where yeah. You trust your gut. Mm-hmm. You wrestle with it for a minute. Yep. But then at the end of the day, you trust yourself and, yeah. and you trust it and you go, I'm not going here. Yeah. Wow. And it's interesting too, I think when you do that, because you really start to develop this relationship with yourself mm. where you're like, oh, this feels weird, but I don't think it's right. And you're like, oh, it feels really scary to trust this, but I'm going to trust myself and not do it. And then it all ends up, you know, how it should have been and yeah. better than it would have been. And if, I think if you just keep doing that over and over, you like develop this really special relationship with yourself. Yeah. And so when there's bigger life moments that come that feel even scarier to say no to or say yes to, you're like, well, it's a gut thing and I just know this isn't right or this is right and I'm just going to like trust it. Wow. And so I can like identify moments like that. Yeah. And especially when you have the like you're saying, sort of the blueprint for it. Mm -hmm. And you've seen the results. Totally. So you've seen, like, I can trust that. I heard somebody describe that, just talking about the gut as, like, the knowing. Mm -hmm. Just the, like, do you, do you trust the knowing? Yeah. Like, that, that I love that, that visual and being able to understand that somewhere in us, we all have a knowing, mm -hmm. you know, and some of us are really in tune with it and yeah. trust it like you. 
And some of us aren't as much. Mm-hmm. And we've never been able to even get kind of in 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 touch with that part of us. So we yeah. don't we don't have a knowing. Yeah. We do, we just don't know how to access it. Totally. Or trust it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it takes developing. Like yeah. It really does take developing. It takes I mean, we've spent a lot of time in here talking about it, developing that, like yeah. you know, dig like sometimes like digging for it a little bit. Yeah. Um, when yeah. things feel like convoluted or whatever. So what I love about this is we do we do a lot of like, you know, sitting, talking, like right now we're sitting across from each other, speaking. We also do a lot of moving and like playing and drawing. And I love that. Like we did something the other day where we were talking about how I have this like real sense of like professional Jessica, where I'm like super hyper-focused on work and all of the things that come with that. And then how I'm like, you called it authentic Jessica, which was like low-key offensive, but also true. (laughs) And so we were just kind of talking about like the differences in those things and how I can like lean into, you know, yeah, authentic Jessica more. And you literally put chairs across the room and you used like a desk chair for a professional desk and you made me put my laptop and phone mm. in it. And then just to sort of embody who she yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's when you kind of, I mean, I don't know, you could call it role playing a little bit when you do that and you have like visual representations of things. Yeah. It really, it does something in your brain and body where it like really helps you understand and like, I don't know, yeah. get into, get into it more or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. They've done all these studies where if we put kinesthetic movement, we learn better. Hmm. You, we do. Yeah. We just, we, we integrate the information differently than if you and I were to just use the whole time and just sit here and talk, 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 mm-hmm. talk. And it's all sort of audio yeah. Verbal. Yeah. When we put movement to it, our brain is sort of remembering and integrating and learning in a different way that's actually more effective, which is why sort of experiential mm-hmm. therapy is effective. Yeah. Well, and I still remember that. Exactly. And I can't tell you like exactly. what we talked about in, yeah. you know, session number 17 necessarily. Right. And something else we did that I really liked was we you had a big piece of paper you stuck on the wall and you gave me mm. a bunch of markers and you had me draw basically like what would look like a bullseye in terms of like different rings of like a, a circle. Do you remember this? Yeah. How we do this with a lot of oh, people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to write names of people kind of in relation to the center in terms of like how much energy yeah. they... Yeah, you made a list... The the exercise is called a social atom. Okay. So it's like an atom where yeah. it's think think you're the nucleus right there in the middle, and then protons, electrons, mm. you know, taking you back to yeah, science class. Ooh, I did not do well in that class. But to <laughs> <laughs> but to sort of like identify all of the people in your life who occupy emotional space. Yeah. Like either bad, good, it doesn't mm. matter, but just who's sort of living rent-free in your head, Mm -hmm. and then place them in proximity to you in terms of how much space they're occupying, right? So mom and dad and significant others or whoever are right in there close. Maybe I've got this ex-boyfriend that, you know, for whatever reason is sort of still in here and takes up space. And so I'm going to not put them that close, but I'll put them out here. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I remember that one. It was, yeah, that was really 
fun. I still remember that. And it's I even, I can kind of remember what it looked like. This was probably like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we would have done that pretty early on. Yeah. And now, I mean, I even love thinking about it now. I'm like, oh, I would move now in my life that person a little bit more this way or that person yeah. a little bit more this way or I'd add these people. So yeah, we should do it again. We should. Because I bet there's so many people that, and, and it's not only just the people that occupy, if you remember too, we also have a list of the things. Oh, yeah. What are the things that occupy yeah. space? So security, money, mm-hmm. my reputation, mm-hmm. success, ambition, you know, yeah. we all have these different things that occupy space as well. Anxiety, yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I think a lot of what we do in here, I, I love like the visual yeah. representation because we could talk about that, right. but when you actually see it and you're like feeling it and doing it, it, it does something quite different. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that you've yeah, that you've taken to it and that it's resonated with you because then it, it's nice. It's almost like as a therapist, having a client like you who's like willing to show up and engage fully mm-hmm. in the whole process, mm-hmm. just, just trusting of it, mm-hmm. even though it might feel like, why, are we, why am I drawing a picture right now? Yeah. Why am I sitting in an empty chair? It sort of allows the therapist in a way that's like, I can kind of use all of my all of my crayons in the box. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like I, yep. everything's accessible. Well, for some people, they just don't want to do that. It doesn't resonate for them. For There's lots of different mm-hmm. reasons. Like I don't want to do the that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just want to sit here and talk. And we can do that and that's fine. Sure. But in a way, I'm not able to sort of as the, the guide, mm-hmm. as the clinician, not able to sort of use everything that's at my disposal. Yeah, totally. Know, so. I think for me, I'm I'm like, so I right now I see you every other week. Yeah. Like we have like a regular schedule going on and I love it. And some weeks it's like, ah, this like thing happening, like let's talk. And some weeks, like yesterday I came in and I'm like, yo, I'm like doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like what do we want to do? Yeah. Um, and we, I, I always get something out of it. Yeah. And awesome. even if, you know, I'm not like about to be pushed off a cliff, you know, I could just be like, you know, in a, in a good spot. But yeah, for me, I'm like, if I'm going to spend an hour of my week in here, I'm like, I, I want to do everything. I want to get the maximum out of it. Yeah. You know, like let's, let's go all in, which is a bit of my personality too, but. And gosh, do I wish everyone showed up with that sort of mentality? Yeah. Like, man, if I'm going to pay the money. Right. And if I'm going to give the time and come over here and do this, like I'm going to show up with everything. You know, totally. And I think you just get this is another me personality thing to say. You get to where you want to be faster. Like, yeah, let's not that there's an end goal here, but like my goal is like growth and yeah, and being in the most like healthy version where I feel alive and excited and just like centered and all of those things. And I'm like, well, let's get there. Cause I like that. So yeah, yeah. that's my, my thought behind it. But um, and there's lots of reasons too, why people when they, I, I think at the heart of it, they want that too. Sure. You know, sure. But there are things that again, in that self-preservation, yeah. self-protection, they're like, I'm not yet willing to sort of talk about that. Thing. Yeah. It's a subconscious process, too, for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. It's not even them making a decision like, well, I don't really know, and I don't know if I'm going to... It's like they're it's doing totally. it. Totally. You know? And I, I wasn't this um, 
trusting and eager two years ago. So it also comes with time and and practice, like anything. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, that uh, through some of that repetition, you've more trusted the process. Yeah. So I joined this company four and a half years ago, I think. Yeah, it'll be five years in the summer. So four and a half years ago, based in Brooklyn. Now we are like really spread out. We have Brooklyn, LA, and then there's a few of us in Nashville. And at the time, this woman was coming over to start the Nashville office and she was looking for somebody to come join her and uh, start the office and and work with her on some of her clients. Right. And so it was funny. I, I was kind of burnt out from the talent space a bit and... I was like, you know, okay, I'll meet with this girl. She seems great. Like, so I remember like showing up. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, this is not an interview. This is, I'm going to just ask her a bunch of questions and see if it would be a good fit for me. Yeah. And that was my You're like- interviewing her. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I showed up to this coffee meeting and I, I kind of just like asked her all about herself, all about her career, why she liked her job, what she saw, like just everything. Right. Um, I think she asked me like a couple things. She was like, do you have a resume? I was like, yeah, I can send it to you. But like, You're like, do you have a resume? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and she's awesome. We still work together on a lot of projects and yeah. she's the best. And so we, yeah, we basically started like the Nashville office and it's been amazing. And yeah. I just... I, the artist manager world, I started kind of like more in the day-to-day role and have grown and I have some of my like projects I have a little bit more ownership over now. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just, this is like my dream job. I love being a manager. Yeah. It's so, so fun, challenging, busy, you know. It seems like such a perfect fit for you now, almost a sense of like, I can't even imagine you in a different role just because it hits so yeah. much of your... Just being able to be as ambitious as you are, it like offers so much of the adventure, mm-hmm. I think, and new experiences that you constantly long for. Totally. You know, I think yeah. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. I think I'm a pretty business-minded person, but I have a lot of creativity. Like when I was little, homeschool days, I was starting all these little small businesses and, you know, marketing myself to all the people in my community and just being really, really creative. Yeah. And now I'm in this world where I get to be a part of helping these amazing, talented people grow their businesses. So I get to kind of like take all of that creative energy and, you know, use it and and kind of help them achieve their dreams and goals and all of that. So it's in conjunction with all of the business things, like making sure the tour budgets, you know, yeah. are locked and loaded. So, right. Yeah. As you've grown into, you know, the woman that you are now and the role that you play as a manager and what has felt like, and we've talked a lot about this, I think over the last few years in counseling, but what, what's felt like some of the big hurdles and big challenges in that, like what have been the parts of that job and of that lifestyle Mm. that have felt tough for you? Yeah. I think, you know, as a manager, yes, you are helping to run businesses. You're helping to grow businesses, but you're also in these really intimate relationships with people, your clients. And so sometimes it takes 
switching your brain from, you know, how can we be the most efficient in growing this business to how can we have this like intimate connection conversation? How can we walk through this challenge emotionally together? It's it's a lot of like switching from kind of like business brain Jessica, like I was talking about earlier, the right, chairs, the two chairs, to this idea of like being authentic in your relationships and in your communication. Yeah, and I I think sometimes too, and and why I make our time in here such a priority is I need to make sure that I'm I've given myself enough like time and tools and nurturing to be able to go and be that person for somebody else. Brothers, yeah. Um it's kind of just like the classic saying of like you can only pour out what you have, you know, you filled right, up like right, right, right. But it's true. That is why I do this because yeah. I need to make sure that in order to to be you know, successful and do my job well, I need to make sure that I'm able to give that emotional, yeah. you know, space to others. Yeah. And also to my, you know, not only clients and people I work with, but like friends and yeah. family. And it, it takes a lot of energy to, to do that for other people. Yeah. So I would say that probably is a big challenge. Yeah. I've always appreciated in you. I feel like I can tell the sessions where you really need this hour. Mm. Like you, you need this space mm-hmm. because I think out there you can be very buttoned up manager, professional Jessica. Mm-hmm. And at times maybe never for a week, a given week or, or whatever span of time, like give yourself the permission to just actually like sink back into that role of authentic Jessica, Yeah, you know? And I think I can remember a couple of sessions where the moment that you sit down, like literally the moment that you're sitting on that couch, mm-hmm. I can like see in your face, you just drop into this different place of like, it's this relief mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. and then water fills your eyes. Yeah. And I can just feel this sense of like, gosh, I haven't given myself mm-hmm this time to do this. Mm-hmm. And so when you finally get there, it just feels so good because you're able to just sort of let out what needs to come out, which sometimes is tears. Yeah. Sometimes is just being able to metabolize the pace at which you have been hustling. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And the lifestyle is, it's crazy. I mean, I'm not on the road full time by any means, but I do travel a good bit between all my clients of like popping to shows here and there and doing, you know, meetings and press and all of that. And it's a lot of running around the world, yeah. which is, I love it. So fun. Like I, I feel so grateful that I can go, you know, yeah, experience these like amazing places. But when you're in that rhythm, especially for a long time, like without a kind of that like opportunity for relief, it you build up stuff that you yeah. need to, yeah. Let out, work through. Yeah. You know, get to. So, yeah. yeah and that's totally. here sometimes is like the only place, the only space I let myself put my phone down for an hour and do that. Yeah. So yeah. it's really, it's the best. It's great. Yeah. As I was looking through some of these old sessions, uh, I had this, this one where I just sort of invited you. 
I could tell you were feeling something, mm-hmm. and I just sort of invited you to like kind of just have a free writing. I remember. Time. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. And so it's funny you wrote it, and uh, and I kept it. Okay. Right, and I just put it in your file, and so I thought it'd be fun actually, just if you if you read it. Okay. You know, because I I remember when you read it, just being wow. Like sometimes I don't know what's going on in that head mm-hmm. of yours, and I don't know what your relationship is to therapy or this space, you know? Right. I can I can guess, I can kind of infer, but the truth is when you just allow yourself not to judge your thoughts, not to be buttoned up, but just sort of like let come out that knowing, that yeah. part of you that just feels grounded. Mm-hmm. So okay. take take a breath. And this is the, th- you had just wrote this as sort of a free writing exercise. And this is what came out. It's like, just let come out whatever needs to come out. Don't judge it. No filter. This is actually what's going on inside. Yeah. So I'm in therapy. I feel comfortable here. In fact, I was looking forward to it all day. I won't say that's always been the case. Sometimes I dread coming because I know I'll have to face uncomfortable feelings. (laughs) I haven't always been very good at talking about my feelings. I'm still not, but I'm getting more comfortable. Today, I'm proud of myself because I've made my personal growth a priority. It's easy to talk about all of my accomplishments in my career so far, but it's not as easy to talk about the things that I've accomplished personally. I just appreciated it because I think it it really hones in on so much of like the work that you and I have gotten to do together. Yeah, totally. Just that that manager, Jessica, and then just the real one, mm-hmm. you know? And both are great and both are wonderful. Yeah. And more and more you're integrating to those becoming this one. Totally, which is so fun and rewarding. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But it's it's like, it's challenging. Yeah. It really is challenging, so. Yeah. Well, I've, More of that. I've loved getting to be with you. And I know I, I, I say that a lot, but I do. I really appreciate. I'm glad I met you. I'm glad you decided to say yes and yeah. came in. And like, yeah. I I smile when I see your name pop up on the week. And I, you know, I just get to appreciate. I just appreciate you coming in and like showing up. And then also doing this. Yeah. Like, trusting this me in fun. this. And yeah. Like, Thanks for having me. It'll be fun to, fun to do the podcast. So. Totally. All right. Frank. Okay. Signing off. Signing off. Later. Thanks for listening to the Sessions podcast, and thank you to each and every one of the brave clients we get to sit down with each week. It's not easy to ask for help, but we know that when we do, we begin the process of change. We begin the process of building an authentic connection to yourself, and this just may be the most important connection you will ever make, because we believe you're worth it. Hey friends, if there was something you heard in this conversation that you thought might be helpful for a friend or family member, feel free to share this episode with them. We love the idea of these stories being shared in hopes that it could help somebody who could use a little help. We love hearing how these stories are impacting you. So feel free to leave a review and keep following along.